Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. Today we are here recording episode 89, and we will be discussing some of the languages we have learned and are in the process of learning, and why we have learned them, and also some languages that uh, we plan on learning in the future. And we hope this episode will give you some insight into some uh, reasons why you might want to learn a language if you haven't begun this amazing and exciting journey of learning a foreign language. Also, uh, I am planning on discussing some languages to learn in terms of practicality, depending on where you may want to travel or work, uh, things like this. So this episode is uh, just for you if you are a little nervous and not sure if you want to take the big leap into learning a foreign language, um, or maybe you're wondering, well, why should I learn a language, especially if you live in a country like the United States where you know, most people speak English. I know in America people do. However, that isn't always the right uh, mindset or attitude to have. And I'm also curious to hear Jared's story about why he has learned some languages and what languages he may be planning to learn in the future. So without further ado, my buddy, my pal, what's going on, Jared? Bonjour, bonjour, hola, guten tag, ahoy. Hello. <laughs> Slipping on gator piss. <laughs> Hello, cheerio. <laughs> That's a completely different language than mine. Oh, God, hold on. <coughs> I'm so sorry. That's off to a good start. Bye, Follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one. Please email us, untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. And spread a little love. Give us five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to get that out before I uh, almost died. Off to a wonderful start here. And this is uh, a great day, lovely day. I can see the sun shining in your face. It's yes, rare sir. that I get to see you, you know, in, in sunlight just because the time change. But And I'm a vampire, but yeah. That, that true. You, you really do make a point that this has to be at night for some reason. Yep. <laughs> you got a little piece of smoke coming off your forehead right there. Oh, or the oh, sun's let me, hitting let me you. close the blinds quickly. <laughs> Uh, did you know today here in the United States is Earth Day? Yes, I, okay. I did. I did know that. Um, and here in the Czech Republic, breaking the fourth wall. But today is actually Easter, Easter Monday, yeah. Easter mm-hmm. Sunday in the states, Easter Monday here in the Czech Republic. And I have to tell you, man, I still to this day am just flattered by the hospitality of Czech people. I went you, with... Uh, uh, go ahead, sorry. So, so I went with one of my uh, friends and colleagues uh, to his parents' house in a uh, village near um, Komutov called Brezanets. It's a beautiful village. And dude, his parents' house was awesome. So they had a clay tennis court in the backyard. Ooh. And we didn't play any tennis today, but we're going to do that in the future. But they also had... A little, it looked like it was probably an old trailer or even like a wagon from a train that had been converted into like a backyard pub. And they had, they had a keg and I tapped my own beer um, today and it was awesome. It was fun. It was cool. So I learned how to tap beer today, which was, which was, I mean, it's, I've seen people do it enough where it's, it's not that difficult, but Mm. that was pretty cool. And uh, had some amazing schnitzel and some uh, really good Czech potato salad. And uh, some tasty. Uh, actually, we had some zachertorte, which is actually a Viennese. Yeah, that sounds like tea, a but it was good. very Austrian meal that you had, not a Czech meal. <laughs> Whoa, watch, watch, watch yourself there. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, Czech Republic, salat. right? 
But see, the, the Czech Republic was a part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Right, right, right. So they right. do have, especially where I live, they have a lot of those roots that you can still kind of see. So it was a fantastic day. Um, and then I set up with um, with one of my colleagues, uh, we set up a little Easter egg hunt for the children. And in mm-hmm. the Czech Republic, they don't do Easter egg hunts. So the children were super excited. Oh. Not to brag, but I hit a couple of the eggs in some good places. Uh, they had a little swing set Kids as well. Kids are still looking for them right now. That's right. That's right. Um, and a year from now, they might maybe do this tradition and they'll find a really old egg, right? Exactly. But it was really funny. One of the eggs I had that I was really proud of, they had a, a swing set and they had like a rope to kind of climb up it. And mm-hmm. the way the ropes were intertwined, I kind of could could split the rope a little bit. It was two pieces. And I right. stuck the egg right there. Oh, they nice. did find it, but I, I was proud of myself <laughs> for that one. So, so it was fantastic. What'd you um, put in the eggs? Well, well so no, we we just bought chocolate eggs. Oh, okay. it's not like okay. the states where we, you, they don't really have the plastic eggs you can put stuff in here. Right. I guess if and, they don't eat Easter egg hunts, why would right, they have those? Right. We would have to buy Kinder surprises, take out the chocolate, take out the su- <laughs> and hide the surprises, which just seems like too much work. My when I used to do Easter egg hunts back in the day, my parents. Um, you know, we they would hide eggs all over the place, and there would be specific ones that they hid way better than other ones that would have money in them. So, oh, like, say nice, there'd be one nice. with like a dollar in them, and they'd hide it kind of easily. And mm-hmm. then there'd be one with five, and it'd be a little harder. Then there'd be one or two, maybe one or with two 20? that have either ten or twenty in there. Nice. And those are like well hidden. Right. But you know, obviously, me and my sister, when we're 10 and 6 or whatever we're gonna find those things <laughs> right oh for sure for sure it was just it was just so cute to see the joy in, oh, in yeah, those children's fun. eyes running around trying to find the eggs and honestly man you know yeah i'm 27 but i'm not trying to have any babies within the next couple of years but yeah. that just goes to show that i think one day if i ever do have kids it'll be i cannot wait to hide those eggs in some crazy places <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I don't. For me personally, I don't know if hiding eggs is enough for me to want to have kids. Well, well, uh, well I'm not. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm sure I'm that's not, not the only reason why you'd want to. But. Right. <laughs> yeah. Can I? Can uh. I just borrow your children so I can hide Easter eggs? <laughs> Did you uh, go around and do the little slap on the ass thing? Uh, not not really. So what happened was I had written a friend of mine, um, and I don't think the message sent or something wrong happened because. He never responded. I looked, and I couldn't see the message. And I know I sent it. Um, and so so basically what ended up happening is I slept in until about 10, which was glorious. Mm-hmm. Slept until 10, and then uh, showered, got some got some things ready, played guitar for a little bit, and then uh, went, went to see my colleague at their house. And then I showed up, and I brought my acoustic guitar, and I had a bag with uh i want i didn't want to go empty-handed so i brought them some presents so i i I had bought some easter candy a few days ago for them uh because i knew i was going to spend they invited me to spend the afternoon with them so i bought thank you so i bought some some (laughs) easter candy and uh brought that over for the children and then uh brought the uh adults a bottle of champagne Mm. Um, and then I brought over my acoustic guitar and because I had all this stuff I was carrying, I didn't bring my pomlaska, which is check for like your Easter whip. And so the first thing one of my colleagues says, uh, she says, where's your, where's your pomlaska? Oh, you know, I had so much to carry. I'm going to be honest with you, Jared. I also didn't want to bring it because I felt weird. 
Like, I, can, I, I mean, I feel like that's the first reason why you didn't want to bring right. it. I feel like if you really wanted to bring it, you could have figured it out. <laughs> right. I mean, I, realistically, I could have slightly unzipped my guitar case and popped it in there. Yeah. Um, but I just, like, he, here's the thing. So my colleague, you know, she, I would assume she's probably in her late 30s, early 40s. Mm-hmm. Her children are, I believe, uh, I think 13, 11, and 6 or 7. And they're all girls. She has three daughters. And you you whip all the ladies, including yeah, the daughters. I and I'm I glad felt, you didn't bring it. <laughs> I felt, well, here, here's the thing. I go there, and she's like, where's your pomlaska? I'm like, I don't have it. Didn't matter. They had they one had ready. Spare. They had a spare. <laughs> and so, so the mom literally calls the girls, and she says, all right, uh. girls, come on. They all turn around and slightly bend over, and you know they sing the Easter. Oh, it felt. I, t- I tell you what, it felt weird, but it didn't feel as weird because like it seemed kind of like the girls were like kind of looking forward to it because it's a tradition there. Right for us right. Americans, it's weird, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. but for Especially them, it's children. a tradition. Right, it's exactly, and it's a tradition. And the other thing is, so because you're you use a whip with willow branches. Um, the, the willow tree here in the Czech Republic, I think has kind of a special cultural relevance, which is that it's kind of like a tree of life and it gives. And so the, the whole reason the tradition is when you whip the ladies on the bottom with your, with your willow tree branch whip, you're supposed to transfer that energy from the whip to the ladies. So it gives them health. It gives them beauty. If you're an older woman and you're wanting children, it, it gives you fertility, all these things, right? I forgot to start. Rec- I forgot to record our video, but anyway, keep going. Um. So. So yeah. W- were you not recording? No. Uh oh. No. Ooh. My bad. It's all. It's all good. So this Do will we- for the no. I can. I'll, I'll just. I'll just. Um. I'll just. I'll just cut it. We don't have to start over. I'll just. I'll just add the start the video here and have right. non-video for the sorry YouTube people. That's uh, all right. <laughs> That's all right. No worries. Uh, start the video day. at about 10 minutes. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so it was a good time, though. It was great to meet um, my colleague's parents. Um, and they also, it was really funny. When I met them, you know, they said, you know, hello, I'm so-and-so, hello, I'm so-and-so, in, in English. And it was really good English. Um, so I was really surprised by that. And then, you know, I, I changed into my Pod, official laid back vibes podcast uniform <laughs> but before that i was wearing my purple Jimi hendrix shirt and uh and my colleague's uh father was like Jimi hendrix he's like that's awesome and i was like i was like yes <laughs> and i brought i brought my guitar with me and and my colleague brought his guitar and so we played for them we played some Jimi hendrix and then we played wish you were here by pink floyd honestly man playing for him reiterated the one of the reasons why I love playing guitar and playing music. You should have just seen the joy on his face. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was yeah. priceless. Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? It, it immediately brings people together, and I assume he's not, he doesn't, uh, just by the joy that it brought to his face, he's not often playing with other people. Well, well no, I mean, I mean the, my colleague's father who was listening. Oh, I got you. I got you. Listening. I, got I mean, you. we were having fun as well. Right, But it right, was right. just so awesome. I played Wish You Were Here, and then afterwards, which was kind of cool, he... He kept saying, he kept saying, you're, in English, he kept saying, um, you're a good guitar man. So I was like, all right, <laughs> I, I can respect that. I'm okay with that. So How was, how was their, uh, like, the family's English? Were you kind of just, like, not saying much? I, I, didn't, I didn't speak very much Czech. I mean, my, my colleague, 
both of my colleagues, I mean, I should really call them my friends because they're more than just colleagues, but mm-hmm. um, they, they were doing some translating for me. Um, I really have to also thank, um, you know, my, my, my friends or colleagues, uh, parents for, they really put a lot of effort and try to speak English with me. Mm. Um, and so, so yeah, the, the children were a little more nervous about it, which is normal. Right, um, right, but, right. But yeah, and it was so, it was so funny, man. There was a, uh, so it was my, my, my friend slash colleague and his wife. Then he has two brothers and they all have children. So my, my, my friend, uh, he has three daughters. His brother has two sons and his youngest brother has two daughters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there were seven children and the youngest child was three. And I don't think she really grasped that Czech was not really a language I was super fluent in. Oh, but she, she kept trying just... to talk to me. <laughs> so that was really cute. She kept talking Move to me. Anglitsky. <laughs> and uh, and she and she was so proud of herself. She had found when we did the Easter egg hunt, she found two little packages of gummy bears. Mm. And she came up to me and she said, uh, she said, Mom, mom oh, what did she say? Mom divia bonbon. Like I have Two two things of I don't know why they they call them bonbons because they're, they're gummy bears but right and anyways she was super proud of that parada I just kept saying dobri which is Czech for like good yeah because like what, what else I didn't know really what else to say but for being three years old she was talking and talking and talking and she was the cutest little baby so it was it was a good time it was a lot of fun and like I said you know I've I've just been flattered and humbled by the level of hospitality here. I felt like I was a member of their family, which was fantastic to feel yeah, so welcomed great. and comfort- comfortable. And the food was delicious. It was a great time. Um, so yeah, so I think uh, I think it was fantastic. But uh, um, what what's been going on with you, man? En- enough about me. I've been talking way too much. What's well, been going uh, on with you? We always talk about. Uh, I wanted to bring up Earth Day. Uh, some Earth Day facts that I have because we always talk about. The environment, we always talk about, uh, you know, improving the environment and sustainability and all that stuff. I have some facts that blew my mind that I want to share with you. Oh, great. Recycling one aluminum can can uh, save enough energy to run a TV for three hours. Really? Yeah. Okay. So think about in Michigan, you know, we uh, are incentivized heavily, 10 cents per can to recycle It's worth it. People make some bank when they return cans. Oh, yeah. I mean, when we were in... uh, the fraternity, we made, I, like, I, we made, there were times where, I'm trying to think the most amount of money we made. I mean, it was more than, it was probably like 40, 50 bucks. Like, right. you can make a lot of money, which is, you know, do the math, that's 400 to 500 cans or right. bottles or whatever. Right. I had, I had a friend in, in high school, uh, maybe even middle school, it was middle school, because we were all like, really, that was when skateboarding was super popular, right? Tony mm-hmm. Hawk was... Like a like, I still love Tony Hawk, but he was a huge celebrity back then. Yeah. Um, and I remember a friend of mine um, had rounded up enough cans. He got himself a really nice new skateboard. And when I say a nice new skateboard, I mean a fifty dollar deck, which is the wooden part of the skateboard. New trucks, new we- everything. So he he had like a thousand cans somehow. Wow. Well, he, which was crazy. He. Paid for the skateboard with cans, essentially. With with bottle, yeah, with his money well, for with bottle returns, returns, not the actual. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, hey, actually, he took these cans. You can take them. <laughs> <laughs> there are a thousand. I counted them. You can you can take me for my word. But yeah, interesting though. So one aluminum can, three hours of TV. Yep, around twenty five. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so could you equate that maybe to uh, 
two solid episodes of the Untranslatable podcast on your laptop as well. Yeah. Or one and three quarters if if one of them is this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. right. Just started the video. Uh, around 25,000 trees are cut down each day just to produce toilet paper. So that's just for toilet paper. That's not all the trees that are cut down each day. We got to duvet it up, trees. man. Get that duvet going. How do you feel about the um how do you feel about the people that uh are you have you ever used wet wipes? Yeah. I was actually I actually had Not that those are better, but <laughs> I had Oh, are you kidding? They're way better. No, I mean better for the environment. Oh, definitely not better for the environment, but I I was using them actually in grad school just because uh, I had watched a video of, uh, I think it was Will Smith or somebody, and he was he was like, "Yeah, it's so much better." And I was like, "I was like, no, it can't be that that much if better." Will Smith says it, and I try <laughs> I tried it. And the other thing too, though, you know, I was dating my ex at the time, and uh, and and I had read somewhere that you know, it's if you have a lady with you, sometimes it's good to have those wet wipes. You know, if you're gonna get get into the the nitty gritty, and the ladies might want to do a quick little wipe. You know, you never know. Approximately 5 million tons of oil uh, produced in the world each year ends up in the ocean. 5 million tons. Oh, and I assume horrible. this is uh, American tons, not metric tons. Not right. that that makes that's, it any, that much better. horrible. 78% of marine mammals are threatened by accidental death, such as getting caught in fishnets. 78%. A glass bottle can take 4,000 years to decompose. Which is why places like Germany, where they have the bottle uh, recycling specific places, are so important. Right. Rainforests are being cut down at a rate of 100 acres per minute. Per minute. That's ridiculous. Uh, the United States is number one trash producing country in the world. Number one. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, America is full of trash, and I'm not just talking about the stuff we throw away. Ooh, Ford Motor on Company. Some gator piss right there. <laughs> Ford Motor Company has said that 75% of every vehicle is recyclable, which is very interesting. I mean, think about it. I mean, the F-150, which is the leading selling car or truck in the United States since like the 70s or something crazy, um, now, nowadays is made almost completely out of aluminum. At least the, the body, obviously not the engine and stuff, but like the body is made almost completely out of aluminum. Right. If the entire world lives like the average American, we'd need five planets to provide energy resources. Oh God, that's sad. Yeah, no one uses energy do, do like you, us. Do you have any? Do you have any happy facts? These are all so depressing. Mm, of course no, you don't. I have no, one more. And it's, okay. I mean, it's not happy. It's not happy or sad. It's just an interesting fact. I actually, there were a bunch of happy ones, but I, I, I didn't really want to use those. Of course you didn't. <laughs> um. There are more trees on the Earth than stars in our galaxy. Uh, really? I, I'm skeptical of that one. NASA experts believe there could be anywhere from 100 billion to 400 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Snopes, which is, I know, okay, uh, reports, however, a, a, 25, a 2015 paper published in the Journal of Nature estimated that, there, that the number of trees avail around the world is much higher. 3.4 trillion, excuse me, 3.04 trillion trees. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I don't know, man. The galaxy's pretty damn big. Well, they said the Milky Way. I mean, that I, that's okay. one galaxy. All right. There's an infinite number of galaxies, I'd assume. All right. Well, Jared, I'm going to bring some positivity before we spread some love, and I okay. got some happy Earth Day facts for you. 
Oh, there we go. Number one. <laughs> this is this is interesting. I didn't know this, but number one, uh, Earth Day is actually the largest secular holiday in the world. Earth Day hmm. works with over 20,000 partner organizations in 192 countries to coordinate events for this day. It is estimated that over a billion people take part in Earth Day activities around the world, which makes it the largest secular uh, event on the planet. I would have... Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. I would have imagined that it would have been Christmas. That's the largest secular holiday. Slipping on gator piss. Isn't, isn't secular non-religious? Yeah, I was just talking about. Yeah, oh, I was just you're saying. Just that. Talking, I got it. <laughs> now I see it. Okay, no, no, now I see it. I didn't at first. I didn't understand, but now I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what's interesting though about Earth Day? Well, first of all, Jared, do you know when Earth Day began? Mm hmm. As she saw that, I believe it was sometime in the seventies, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Which makes sense. April 22nd, 1970. But it did not go international until 1990. Hmm. So Earth Day is only a year older than I am internationally speaking. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's do, pretty crazy. Do they celebrate Earth Day uh, where you're at? I mean, I know it happens to be the same day as Easter this year, but Easter is not the same day every year. Right. I don't know. That's a great question. I'm going to ask my students that tomorrow. Be like, do you guys know what else happened yesterday? We'll see I mean, how many of them know. Have you, uh, uh, apparently it's Earth Day in the Czech Republic as well. I mean, Earth Day is the same day everywhere, isn't it? Oh, it is? Okay. Well, there you I go. Th I th yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, All right. What, what else is interesting about Earth Day is it brought greenery to barren lands. So Afghanistan is known for being a barren and foreboding land with less vegetation than more hospitable areas. In honor of Earth Day in 2011, 28 million trees were planted in this country through the actions of Earth Day Network. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, that's great. By the way, would you have known it was Earth Day if, like, we didn't have social media? I have no idea when Earth Day is. I, I would have known back when we were in, like, elementary or high school, mm. but probably not now. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't have told you, what's today, the 21st, 22nd, 22nd? I couldn't have told you, yeah, Earth Day is on April 22nd. Like, I could not have told you. <laughs> now we know, though. So, yeah. hey, you, you live and you learn. Yeah. Well, Jared... I don't know about you, but I think it's time to spread a little love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my first one goes out to uh, Indiana because there is an Indiana school district that has um, made unused cafeteria food into take-home meals for children. So, uh, in oh, that's great. so from South Bend, Indiana, Elkhart Community Schools, um, they are uh, re they're not reusing, but they're using this unused food, which I think is amazing. And um, I'm looking at this right now, and it almost looks like, it kind of looks like a TV dinner. Like it's mm. it's like a black tray mm -hmm. with, you know, like three different little separators. One of them I see has like some veggies. Looks like another one has some rice, and another one has like some type of beef or, or some type of, you know, meat. There's another one with a hamburger, not as healthy, but a hamburger some tater tots and some carrots, um, and, they, and they're prepackaged, um, and it looks like they send them home with the children, which I think is great because there are so many schools that overproduce food, at least in the United States. Not just schools, uh, food, just restaurants and, and a lot of food-making companies. Right, and it's just wasted. You know, yeah, why, at the end of why the day, are they we wasting all this food? Right, it doesn't make sense. Why not donate it or... Give it to you if it's a restaurant. Give it to your employees. 
Yeah. Don't throw it yeah. away. Give it to your employees. When I was uh, when I mm-hmm. when I lived in um in Michigan in high school, uh me and my friends would go to Panera and we'd always go around when they closed because it was almost always guaranteed that we'd get some sort of free treat of some sort because otherwise they just they just throw it away. Right. And, it, and, right. and the, like there would be – we'd have like our pick of anything. Like it wasn't even just like they'd be like, all right, we have a couple of these cookies left. It'd be like we could choose anything because they, they – and it's like what do you mean you just throw this away? It's like, yeah, we're supposed – like that's the, that's the rules. Right. And it's like, right. man, what a waste. And what's crazy too is according to this article um, – well, first of all, the Chamber of Commerce uh, in Indiana, their Leadership Academy, helped get the pilot program going for this, you know, using this food in the cafeterias. What's interesting, though, and it's really a shame to read this, but there are apparently a lot of students who go home during the week or even on the weekends, and they don't have any food to eat. So, you know, you have these poor children where, you know, their parents might be in poverty or or who knows what, mm-hmm. um, have problems with drugs or who knows and these poor children are suffering. And I think schools need to do a better job of trying to help out the children in any way they can when they have the resources available. Not all schools do, you right. know. But um, food but, is clearly being wasted otherwise. Why right. not, you know, give it to the students? Exactly. Exactly. They're paying so, for it, essentially, anyway. Right. So big shout out to Elkhart uh, mm-hmm. Community Schools in Indiana. The next one I have... This is really fascinating. Uh, Iraq's oldest Christian town has celebrated uh, their first Easter in years without ISIS intervening. Oh, wow. Uh, So I think that's really amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's crazy, though, is the church where they are doing the Easter ceremonies, it's still scorched, and some of of the, the relics are missing. But after five years of war and exile, ISIS is finally gone from... Um, I'm trying to find the town. Uh, I do not see the town. Um, Ham, Hamdaniya, I believe, um, in Iraq. And so, so I think it's great that these people are able to express their religion without fear and can celebrate Easter together, um, and be a community again and not be in exile. So I think that's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. So shout out to them and shout out to everybody religious or not religious, who are um, able to practice however they want. I think we should Spread be living love. in a world where we have enough tolerance for our brothers and sisters where, you know, if you if you want to celebrate Christianity, celebrate it. If you want to, you know, celebrate Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, Taoism, the list goes on and on. Do it. You know, why, why should they be condemned for their religious beliefs? So big shout yeah. out to them. It's really nice to hear. And but uh, you I, know what else is nice to hear, Jared? Uh, yeah, the uh, unmistakable sound of the untranslatable owl. Talk that calf out Sorry, of that hyper. Hit that button. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you have to do that as well, Jared. That's when true. We that try is untranslatable. So, Jared, I thought it would be very fitting for uh, me to give you. I know I've done quite a few German ones the last few episodes, but I think this episode especially. Mm-hmm. It's very fitting because once we get to our main segment today, we'll be discussing why we've started to learn German. And so I have a good one for you, Jared, and it is uh, Hüftgold. Hüftgold. I don't know what that means at all. Hüf, Hüfte? Die Hüfte? I've heard that word before. Your I hips, think I would... my man. Uh, Hip okay. gold. Hip gold. Hüftgold. 
Oh, that's how you say gold in German? Gold. Uh huh. Huh. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Hip gold. Now, please tell me that's what I think it is. What? T- I just t- thick. What do, you, what, what do you think it is? Thick. Yeah, with two C's. Uh, oh man, she's got that hip gold. I mean, uh, I I don't think it's. Is it like I, I, is it like good at dancing? No, I think I think thick has a positive connotation. Am I right? Like, well, like yeah. I feel like thick has become the modern day version of voluptuous, like mm-hmm. curvy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say hoof gold is the kind of thick that sadly isn't viewed as attractive. Oh, okay, okay. So it's just a uh, chunky, <laughs> not not chunky, <laughs> not chunky. Think think about your hips. What what do we call that when you got a little extra on your hips? Uh. Childbirth and hips, or or, or no, no, no. <laughs> or right above your hips, I guess. Is it? Uh, it's right above your hips. Uh, am I allowed to say this on this podcast? Well, let's hear it. I'm curious what fupa. No love handles. Slipping my on man. gator piss. Okay. Love handles or you a just muffin got me top. an all sort. I said like six different words that I never wanted to say on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. No love handles. Love oh, handles love or handles. a muffin top. Okay. Yeah, hoofquot. I could okay. see why you would think though a lady who or, or a man or a lady who's good with moving their hips like a good dancer. I could see where you come yeah, where, I mean, you, where that came from. When I hear gold, I, I think a positive connotation of some sort. You know, gold is odd that gold would be included right. with something uh, considered negative. Who knows? Maybe in Germany they enjoy their muffin tops and love handles. To all of our German listeners out there, get at us, untranslatable podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. I'm moving on. Uh, my first one is Estonian. And it's Kesisi Mis. has a nice little sound to it, too, if it I said it right. It does have a nice sound. <laughs> uh, and it literally means, uh, who is in front is the man. Early bird gets some worm. Mm, kinda, kinda. It's not specifically about, like, being... It, we have a... We have a uh, we have First a simil- is the worst, second is the best. We have a, a similar... <laughs> uh, Similar, in, in the U.S., it's a popular thing that children say. For example, let, let me give you an example. Say we were doing an Easter egg hunt, you and I, and you find an egg that, you find the $20 egg. No, excuse me. You find the $20 egg. As you're picking it up, I reach for it too, and we're fighting over it, and you say, no, I found it first. It's my egg. Uh, uh-huh. and, and I'd be like, no. And, and, and so you would say to me, if that were to happen, and I'd be like, oh, come on. I want it. I want it. I want the $20 egg. I'd say you snooze, you lose. Uh, okay. Another thing children might say is finders keepers. Oh, okay. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So essentially trying to convey that whoever discovers something first has the right to it. Okay. I like that. Finders keepers, losers mm-hmm. weepers. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'd be weeping if I didn't get that $20 right. egg. It's okay, Jared. I'd 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 buy you a nice meal with that twenty. I'd, I'd share it with you. All right, <laughs> oh, thank Jared. you. I got a, I got another German one for you. Dornröschenschlaf. Uh, uh, well, the last word is sleep. Yep. Do Dorn- you know who Dornröschen is? Oh, is that a person? That's uh, Sleeping Beauty. So Sleeping oh. Beauty sleep. Uh, oh, it's like sleeping like a sleep. Uh, sleeping like a log. Is that what the English untranslatable would be? Mm, it's Sleep not at, like a light, uh, like a light. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it actually doesn't have to do with sleeping per se. Huh? So it's sleeping beauty sleep. 
And it doesn't have to do with sleeping. Like, uh, like I mean, it doesn't have to do with the action of sleeping. Is it like not paying attention? Mm, not, not really. Like, like say, say, say you message me and you say, hey, you know, can you, can you, uh, I don't know, can you make the Trello for our episode? And you ask me like a couple days in advance, right? And mm-hmm. then it's ten minutes before the episode, and you're like, hey. Did you make the Trello? Can you make the Trello? And then five minutes before, then you you know you're like you're like God damn it, Chad! Can you make the Trello already? We're recording in five minutes. I mean, I could think of about six thousand examples of that. So it's like um, it's just like uh, get out like telling. I, I don't I don't know how to explain it, but I understand what you're saying. What would right, be like? So, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say what what would it what would it be then? It like, basically be the... means showing little or no sign of action. For instance, you place a visa application, but the th- mm. authorities show no sign of responding. Gotcha. You could say they are in a state o- of Dornröschenschlaf. That's also gotcha. a tough word to say, by the way. Dornrü- yeah, Dornröschenschlaf. Yeah, that's because it's got the the double R's and the umlauts is difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, my next one is Maltese mm-hmm. from Malta, and it's tick. Ticks, tricks, hut, filbahar. And it literally translates to do not buy fish while they are still in the sea. Don't count your eggs before they hatch. Uh, I'm going to give you a half horn on that. <laughs> but I can only do <laughs> a, a full horn. horn. <laughs> that sounds nice, a half horn. <laughs> uh, it means more that uh, you shouldn't put your money on something that is not 100% safe. So it's like, okay. don't go throwing money into stuff that uh, you're not sure of. Makes sense. That's good advice. I don't advice. know if I fully agree with that, though. You know, okay. sometimes you got to take risks. That's true. You, but don't, I you think don't succeed without taking risks. Calculated risks, though. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. you know? I'm All with right. you. So I have one more German one and one Czech one for you. Which one do you want first? Uh, give, me the, give me the Czech one. Okay. We'll finish with, with the German. All right. So the Czech one. Is Venku Secherti Jenny, which means the devils are having a wedding out there. Sounds like it's like a crazy party happening. Not a crazy party. The devils are having a wedding out there. Um, is it like a, it's, oh, it's like a, a storm or something, like a crazy storm. Ve- wow, very good. <laughs> Very good, Jared. I'm impressed. <laughs> I am very right. impressed. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have one more, and it's Zulu. Uh, I need to get this one a little closer. So, so, soliwela umfula ugsvela. And it means the eye crosses the full river. The eye crosses the full river? Um, I imagine this podcast being bigger than Joe Rogan's in about a week. I imagine so uh, just unrealistic expectations. No, no, no. That was a bad. That was a bad example. That was okay. a bad example. That was a bad example. <laughs> I have high hopes for this podcast. You know, I, I, I think this could be our job one day. I think mm-hmm. um, I, I would like to. I would like to have advertisers. Uh, but you know, some so it seems almost uh, un, unachievable. So something something that's unachievable. I, uh, a desire goes beyond the possible. Uh huh. Okay. So something mm-hmm. unachievable. A desire yeah, that's unachievable. I guess. I guess. 
Yeah. Okay. But I that's feel fine. like, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess that is what it says. Maybe that's. I maybe I don't want it to be what it is. But I think that. Yeah. I guess that is what right. It is. <laughs> right. All right. My last one is German. Okay. And it is Scheinheilig. Uh, is it like to Scheinheilig? Is that like shine bright almost? So shine shine means appearance. Uh huh. And Heilig is holy. Oh. Oh yeah. Heilig and testament. Uh huh. Oh, it's like to. Oh, it's like holier than thou. I would never do that. Uh, kind, kind. Oh wow, of. you're drinking alcohol. Mm, I mean, I, you know it's bad for you, but okay. I, not quite. <laughs> I would say. So, so holier than thou is more like when you're judging somebody else, right? Yeah. Whereas I think Scheinheilig is uh, more like. Is it like you're pretending to be, like you're not judging other people, but you're almost pretending to be like a, like a. Yeah, kind of. It's basically an adjective to fit someone who seems lovely, but is in fact coy and sneaky. Mm. So someone, basically someone who's not as innocent as they look. Okay, okay. Like their appearance seems holy, but they're not really so holy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Clearly, my German is lacking. That's one thing I've, we've, it's been clear from our trip to Germany and from this last untranslatable segment that we just had. Right. But I don't like it and um as a as a as a I guess for now I can still call myself a German speaker. That is something that I want to keep up. That's something I want to I want to get back to my old glory days of being able to have casual conversations. Have you emailed the uh the German organization in Philly? I haven't and I'll tell you why. Okay. I think I think there's, I think it has something to do with this whole job search thing okay. and not wanting to do it without and, and not knowing where I'm going to be soon. Yeah, but you got some time to kill, don't you? I guess, yeah. I, maybe I'm just making up excuses. Could be. Maybe it's just an excuse. But, uh, but yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I do. I do. Maybe uh, you're right. I should. I'll do it after this. So, I'll do it after this. Th- there we go. Uh, there we go. Nice. Um, so, Jared, I, I want to start out and just ask you so we've we've obviously mentioned on this podcast you know we both speak german i speak a little bit of spanish um obviously trying to learn czech it's a long and arduous journey mm-hmm. but why did you learn german and i i had I, I remember you telling me well i don't have much to say because you used to live there but i think your story is more complex than that uh this has been just a full suite of wrong sounds happening during this <laughs> there's sounds coming from all links anyway um well i uh my i first started learning german before i moved there but when we realized we were going to move there i remember when i uh like when we first found out we had a german teacher come to our house in michigan uh for like you know maybe two or three months beforehand and it was like a it was an interesting i never really thought about this after but that was an interesting sort of uh uh, situation. So we had a German teacher that would come to our house maybe once a week on like a Sunday or something like that. And I don't even remember if it was like I was I don't remember if it was who it was. So I can't say he or she. He or she um, would teach our like our entire family some basic German. And then when we got to Germany, we had a similar situation where we were in Cologne, Köln for those people in Germany, uh, for the first month before we actually moved into our place in Dusseldorf. 
And then we also had a similar situation where we had a German teacher. Uh, he, I remember he was a he. And he would come to our hotel and pick us up and take us almost on like, not adventures, but we would like- Excursions. Go, yeah, yeah. And he would like teach us like real active, you know, active German. All of it, all the German I learned until I came back, until I was started school was very, very like crash course style. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're, uh, we're going to be here in four months- uh, we we got to figure this out at least to be able to you know get around at, in the beginning stages. So that's how it started, and you know it, it, I I I think you know it's hard it's hard to get an eleven year old to really take that stuff to heart. You know sure. when you're at your house in Michigan and you're like learn these German phrases, and like you have like I remember we even had like um, those Tema um, uh, German books. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, and it's like, and it's like, what is this? Why am I I'm coming home and I got more school to do? Like that's how I right, looked at it. Sure. <laughs> it's it's really funny you mentioned that. My niece is on Saturday. She goes to like a little German school, and um, she says the same exact thing. She she's actually, I believe she's ten. She's mm-hmm. ten or she's eleven. So pretty same much age, in the same yeah. boat. Yeah, and and I think she she views it the same way, which I kind of understand, but I think. With younger children, you just have to make it all fun and a game. Like, and they don't, and it doesn't, and, and I think it takes less work for it to get, uh, like, even though she doesn't get it, and which I obviously understand because I've been there, um, it doesn't, you don't even, like, ch- children's brains and, and minds are so powerful and, and absorb so much that even if they're not fully invested, at that young of an age, a lot of it is still sticking with them. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, without a doubt. So, but see, so you say you learned it because you moved there, but mm-hmm. your journey with German didn't end after no. you came back. No, it didn't. It didn't. I kept, well, yeah. So I learned it while I was living in Germany, obviously, you know, I took normal classes and, and I was submerged into it through friends and soccer and school and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then when I came back, I, I, I there was this same same sort of thing inside of me. Even at fifteen, when I came back, there was that same thing inside of me where it's like, well, now I know it. I can't. I can't lose it. Right. Uh, granted, I don't. You know, I'm sure it helped, but I I think it only helped because it gave me an outlet. But I don't think I really learned any more. Like at in high school, like in when I was back in Michigan in the U.S. I honestly don't think I learned any more. I think it was just a way to sort of keep it going. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, after that, once I, once I had the basis for it and I knew I knew it, then at that point, the main thing I loved about the fact that I knew German was I'm putting that on the resume, on my resume for the rest of my life. And I want to at least be Mm -hmm. able to keep putting it on my resume and not consider myself a liar. (laughs) Right. So like, as someone that, uh, you know, is in the automotive industry, well, now I'm in the podcasting industry, but someone that wants to get back into the automotive industry, um, you know, obviously, Germany and uh, has a large automotive industry, and a lot mm-hmm. of uh, even American companies uh, have huge, huge. Uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like huge uh, presences. That's what I'm looking yeah. for in, yeah, in yeah. Germany and Europe. And so, um, it's it's just good to have on your resume, even if you never use it. It's good to say that you know how to use it. And so, like to this day, my goal now is to just keep up German, uh, mostly for for work reasons, just to. And and honestly, because eventually I do want to work abroad, and I think, you know, I think it's kind of difficult to work abroad um, 
as in some sort of entry level position, usually because it costs a lot of money for the company. They want to, you know, they want to be invested in you more than that. So, uh, but I think, you know, once I'm at that sort of level and they're looking at who do we want to promote to send to or, or send to this job in Europe, they're probably going to start with the people that know the language and know the culture. I mean, I don't know if they it's will, big, but they should. It's a big help. That's why they should do that. Well, well not, not only that, but I think if you look at the the company's expenses, they'll be saving a lot of money because yeah. they, you know, if 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 they send you over there, you speak the language, like you said, you speak the language, you understand the culture. So there's not going to be any. Ideally, there won't be any big cultural serious faux pas mm-hmm. or, or mistakes. Uh, and or all those German teachers we had, my my parents' company was paying for. Oh, nice. So yeah, yeah so, so they'll save money on those lessons. Mm-hmm. Al- although, um, although I'm. Your German is good, but I'm not sure that you have the specific vocabulary in the industry. So they might have to do some lessons for you, right. but that's but a lot less in the long run than starting somebody from scratch. I don't think I don't think having specific industry knowledge is as important as being able to <clears throat> like be conversational uh, with like I, I think it comes more into handy less in an office setting. Because, like, my parents didn't need to know German at their job. There was an English office. So everyone right. was speaking English there, even though it was an international office. I think it comes more in handy in, like, the sort of the networking part of um, of the of the job. And so, like, my parents had friends that were German that through their company. And, uh, you know, they would hang out with them and stuff. And I think in that sort of aspect, it's more important than actually in the job itself. So even though it might not be a direct use at, at work... I still think that it has a lot of benefit to have someone that knows that culture and can and can have conversations that don't even have to be fully business related, but are you know sort of networking based with different people that are related to your job or your company or whatever it is. Right. And so, so my next question for you. Also, I love I love interviewing you for once because usually yeah, you ask usually me all me. the questions. <laughs> so, so you lived in Germany. You learned the language there. Um, you came back to the States, you know, you mentioned you didn't want to lose it. What were some ways that you kept up with your German and how you also, I'm sure you also improved your German over the years mm-hmm. as well? Uh, one of the big ways was finding people like you, first of all. Uh, I mean, that helps having a friend that speaks German better than I do and also happens to be a uh, educated teacher, so knows how to like teach it as well. Um, but before I had that, the first things that you, I mean, we've talked about this before, but you have to find like media that, that you're interested in. So whether mm-hmm. it be books or TV or whatever, don't just do it because you're supposed to, but it really has to be something that you care about. Right. So now, like I, I mentioned to you, I don't know if I mentioned it here, but this that podcast I listened to, I can pull it up. I have it on my, on my phone, which is right here called, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Come on phone. Uh, so it's a podcast, or it was a radio show back in the day that I still enjoy listening to. Called it's by a guy named like Jürgen Domian, and he does the show that's essentially like a um, like an advice show for people with relationship or you know personal issues. Honestly, I need to listen to it more. I've kind of gotten lazy. I haven't listened to it in a while, but that is a big one that I like to listen to nowadays. In theory, I guess another mm-hmm. one. Well, I used to be a huge fan of comic books. Like I used to like Calvin and Hobbes and stuff like that. Oh, I love Calvin, Calvin and Hobbes. And I, um, I got a couple of them in German. So I, I they're at my oh, nice. parents' house in Louisiana. But when I'm home, sometimes in Louisiana, I'll just whip them out and read. And I, because I've read so many of them, it helps 
to be reading something that I already sort of understand the gist mm-hmm. of it. And I maybe I don't I don't remember that specific comic strip, but I understand how Kelvin works and I understand how Hobbes works. So I kind of get what they would at least be talking about right. in theory. I, I wonder how that translates because there's a lot of clever stuff going on with Calvin and Hobbes comics. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I think it. I think it translates. Like I, I think a lot of it translates. I, you know, sometimes Calvin gets weirdly, um, weirdly philosophical. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think in general, even though like like he's talking like I, I think in general it's a pretty simple, simple like um, simple translation. Like he's not. There's not a lot of complicated words usually. Right. Um, but I do think there's stuff like, for example, Spaceman Spiff. You know, remember that? Like that's oh, like yeah. a sort of yeah, car, yeah. like he has like well, he has an imaginary superhero that he likes to be. I think that Spaceman Spiff has a completely different name in German. Like it's not even oh, I'm sure it, it does. it's a, a different thing. Like so my, stuff like that is is useful. But I mean, that's also how you kind of learn other words. Right, right. Like my favorite name of a different character in German is the name for Squidward in German. Do you know what his name is in German? Yeah, Tadeus. Yeah, Tadeus is, it's really funny though because it sounds kind of like Amadeus, like Amadeus Uh Mozart. Um, And you know, Squidward's kind of this this snobby, highbrow, plays this clarinet. Wannabe artiste. Right, exactly. (laughs) So so the name is fitting, it's really funny. Um, But yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you, Jared. I just wanted to mention this again because I think it's so important for our listeners out there. You definitely have to pick something that you're interested in. And I think whatever language you want to learn, whether it's German, Japanese, English, any language out there, you need to also make it relatable to your own life, right? Like if you're just learning a language because you think it would be useful, I will tell you, unless you're super motivated and disciplined, you're never going to get there. You got to want it. Exactly. But if you really are passionate about it and you you relate it to your passions, it will be so much easier to learn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, one of the things that I really enjoyed was when I was living in Vienna um, with you and then, you know, that other semester uh, was having my guitar lessons in German. It was yeah. great. And my guitar teacher was super pumped to teach me in German, not that his English was flawless. He could have done it in English, no problem. But there's something about doing things in your native language that just comes a bit more automatic, regardless of how good you are in whatever your other languages are. And even if you were, you know, at that time, you were just as good as, at German as you are now. But, or, you know, I'm sure you've improved a little bit, but you know what I mean. But I, I still think that there's something to tackling the tackling the language from different aspects. Like, how much really did you focus on on learning German German musical terms before that, and how much did you apply those German musical terms? Like, it's not really something that right. comes up in classes or conversation much with other people. I mean, so I it, learned all the guitar-specific vocab from lessons. Right. Like, be, be, and also, the nice thing is when you, if you learn a, decide to learn a foreign language, and I hope after this episode, all of you will, if you aren't already thinking about it, I hope we can persuade you all to take up learning a new language because it's just an amazing experience. It opens up so many doors and opportunities, um, not only career-wise, but just the people you can meet, the places you can Mm -hmm. go, your own self-confidence. I think it's really amazing. Um, It's kind of, and learning a foreign language is kind of like a gym for your brain in a lot of ways, you know? definitely a workout, yeah. Right, but what I wanted to mention about my guitar lessons was half the terms... 
I, I had never heard before, but I knew immediately in guitar lessons mm-hmm. what he meant. Like one of the words that always pops into my mind is uh, griffbrett, which is the fingerboard. Mm-hmm. Or bund is fret. Uh, or this one's actually French, but they use it in German. Uh, flageule is a harmonic. And a harmonic, I, uh, I don't know if you can do harmonics on piano. I don't think you can. But on guitar, basically the way a harmonic works is you will play a string and you and you lightly tap the string. You don't press the string down on the fingerboard. You just lightly tap it. And it gives it this really kind of mystical kind of airy sound. Hmm. Um, and so, but I learned all these random words that I obviously, once we were doing the lesson, I knew immediately what they meant. And so, right. so it was super easy. And, and that also kind of got me a little bit more excited in some ways to learn more musical terms in German. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's a, it's just a great thing. And I think, you know, I, once again, you need to find something in your life, whether it's comics, movies, music, podcasts, check out the untranslatable podcast uh, for all sorts of different you languages there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's important. Or um, I don't remember the phrases anymore, but I used to go to the U of M table tennis club with my dad when I was in high school. And I would play these uh, these old uh, Chinese dudes, and they would always kick my ass when we would play. But uh, but they taught me a couple random Chinese terms. I don't remember mama the mouth because this was. <laughs> this That's what was, they say about your playing. It's just prob- mama hoo hoo. Probably, probably. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So so and it's just a fun way to learn about other cultures and share your culture with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So so now I'm just curious, Jared. So we've we've talked about kind of why you learn German. And I think you, I'm at least pretty happy with the idea. I think it goes much deeper than just you learned it. Yeah, the reason why you started it was because you moved there. But in theory, you could have stopped it. Or you could have said, well, you know, I can speak basic German. I don't need more of it. But you have Uh continued it. Um, Uh And I think this podcast has been useful and helpful for the both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a language in a lot of ways is kind kind of like a really, really fancy car. Right or or a car in general, like like you gotta. <laughs> I knew I would get your attention with this example. Like you need to you need to maintain it. You know you yeah. need to change the tires. You need to change the brakes. You need to you know you know more about cars, so you could go way more. I mean in depth that's with not just a fancy car example. thing, but yeah, you're right. right. <laughs> but but learning a language is the same way, and this podcast yeah. for us has given us that opportunity. And for any of you who are thinking about learning a language. I think you need to accept the fact that it's a lifelong process. You will yeah. always be learning new words. There will always be times when you'll be talking to someone or reading something where you're like, I have no idea what this word means, right? Um, so so keep that in mind, but I think it's a, it's a worthwhile lifelong journey that most people, I think everyone should really take up. I mean, um, if, if you actually want to be uh, you know, fluent or at least conversational in some language, it has to be. Because right. it, it it doesn't it doesn't stay with you like that like that's not how it works you have to keep it up or else it will definitely go away right like there I know you know I've mentioned before I have friends that uh you know I have a friend that grew up in Germany when he was for the first I don't know four or five years of his life and then he spent the next ten ten fifteen and or excuse me probably ten years in um. In Michigan, and by the time he moved back to Germany, I, you know, I was friends with him in Germany, but he's from Michigan as well. Um, his German, he barely spoke German. 
right. like the only German he knew were random, you know, Swabish, uh phrases that are not really applicable oh, not to good. Dusseldorf at yeah. all. <laughs> right. And um, and so yeah, he, he like you have to keep it up, or else it will definitely go away. But here's the other thing. I think with him, that's also a somewhat rare case because he was so young. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think if you've been speaking a language, I, this isn't this is not a fact. This is more of a factoid, I guess, or or, a, or as as they like to say in academia, more of an uh, um, oh shoot, observational. This is like observational data, basically. Mm. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Where I've seen with my father, who lived in Germany, you know, speaks a language fluently. He went like nine years without using it, without reading it, without writing it, without speaking, listening. Then our relatives from Germany came to visit. And it, yeah, it took him a day or two, but it came back pretty quick. So I think it can come back. But language attrition is also definitely a real thing, where if you don't use it, you you can forget a lot of words. It can be difficult. So it's easier to just keep maintaining it, You know, listen to some podcasts, mm-hmm. watch some movies, read some books, talk to somebody. Nowadays, we have no excuse. As long as you have an internet connection, which if you're listening to this, you most <laughs> you likely do. do. Um, so it's definitely I send it doable. I to a few people on tape, but other than that, everyone else <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. Transcribe it, uh, put it in a carrier pigeon, send it, send it their way. Um, so Jared, now I'm curious. We've talked a lot about your experience, why you've learned German, some ways you've kept up with it. What are, I'm curious, what are some languages that are on your list that you would like to learn? I think it would why? be cool. I think it would be cool to get back into French. Uh, one, because I like how it sounds a lot, and two, because I, like, I had a basis for it. Um, but the main one I want to do first is Spanish, for sure. Si, one is because we live in the United States, and it's it's you know the second biggest language here other than, right. than English. And uh, and two, because it's applicable in so many places outside of the U.S. Like, it's it's a very, like, I would like to go to South America soon. Right. Uh, you mentioned Spirit Airlines has flights there, so if I make it, right. that would be cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's um, true. And I have a girlfriend that speaks Spanish fluently. And she, we were actually, nada. we were talking the other day, and, she, and I was talking about how I want to learn Spanish. She's like, I'll teach you. It's like, we've talked about it. She's like, I'll teach you. And I was like, I was like, does it? I don't think it works like that. I was like, you can't just. And she's like, I think it. She she is convinced that she can teach me. So uh, apparently, well, she's going to well, start well, speaking, Jared, teaching me Spanish. I hate to say this, but it's two out of three vote. I, I agree with your girlfriend. I think she could totally teach you. So I hope you tell her that. Tell her that <laughs> that I'm with her on that. No, two out of three. <laughs> I, I think you totally can. Like, like but you, I think I have to. I, I think I. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna agree with you guys in the sense that I have to believe that I can because there's no way I'm gonna learn it if I just keep telling people that I, you can't learn that way. Then if we say that, then yeah, you can't because right. you're just like so convinced that it's sure. or me. I'm so it's, convinced it's that it can't be done. It's a mental roadblock. Absolutely. Exactly. I will say though, and she's not uh, gonna teach me. She's not gonna like also focus hard on like grammar and stuff like that. Like it's not gonna be a lesson where she's sitting down right. teaching me conjugations and like right. that. Well, see, that's what's great about learning a language through someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned at the top of the pod, you know, I speak German, un poquito español, a little bit of Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I speak a little bit of Czech. What? <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, man, the majority of the Spanish until 2017 or 2018, 20, 2018, January of 2018, was... All conversational. 
My best mm-hmm. friend in high school was uh, my buddy Robert from Chile, who I've mentioned on this podcast many times. He's also ta- who, the one who taught me how to how to roll my R's. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be learned, people. If you're curious, get at me, untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Untranslatable one on Twitter, although then Jared will have to relay it my way. But I mean, anyways, if it's the email, I'll have to relay your way too. But right. Uh, <laughs> right. Anyways, um, it is possible to learn how to roll your R's, but that's a different story. So anyways, but I learned a lot of random stuff and I could understand a lot of Spanish when I was in high school because mm-hmm. of my buddy Robert. Um, now, I couldn't speak a ton, but I could understand a lot. And understanding, I mean, look, if you want to learn any language, the, the natural process always goes, you listen first. You begin to understand, and then you begin to speak. It's like when you're a baby, you know, when you're, you know, how many children are actually forming full-on sentences before they're two or three? Right, right. You know, and because it's just getting me. two or three years, just you, because you're a genius. <laughs> but other, other than that, you know, it's two to three years of solid just listening and absorbing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people think that children learn languages faster um, I don't think that's necessarily true, and research shows us that's not really true because um, children just have di- a different MO. You know, adults learn a language usually because of enjoyment, curiosity, travel, business, whatever. Children learn a language because they have to. If they don't speak yeah. a language, they can't, they can't get what they need. They can't get their food, all that stuff. And all the information that they're getting at that age is new information. Everything is new. Right. So they're, they're just naturally trying to absorb everything because nothing makes sense at that age. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I would agree with you. I think Spanish is a great choice. Mm-hmm. I think as well, though, if you, if you were to learn French again, I think in some ways that would help you with your Spanish. Obviously not with pronunciation, yeah. but the fact that they are... Uh, you know, both romantic uh, uh, romantic languages, you could definitely see some similarities there. They um, do have a similar style in, in the ways that they make sen- make words and make sentences. Because, like, right. this is not really a German thing, but both in French and Spanish, and I assume Italian, too, the way that they make words is way more... Um, Way more focused on making the sentence sound nice, I think, to uh-huh. where like you know they'll cut off you know even if the conjugation might not fully make sense they'll cut off like a letter just so it flows better or like they'll and I think that there's a lot of similarities in that sense in the way that they try to form the sentences. Right. Although spoken German also does that, but okay, but you know, but anyway, it's not it's not as it doesn't flow the same way though as French or Spanish. I see what you're mm-hmm. saying. That's absolutely mm-hmm. right. Um, I I mean I agree. I I'm also hoping to learn more Spanish. And I have to tell you and all of our listeners out there, if you have the time and the money, I would really suggest subscribing to Babbel. Now, Duolingo is also okay. It's free. I think there is like a Duolingo premium. But the thing with Duolingo is Duolingo a lot of times gives you sentences that don't really make sense. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to need to know or need to say, right? Like you could just Google, you know, funny... Funny Duolingo sentences. Actually, Jared, yeah, do do me a solid. Do that for me, and we can read some of them. But I used Babbel. I was actually part of a research experiment um, at Michigan State University. Um, Basically, what Babbel claims is Babbel claims that within 10 weeks, it's. I I like how the numbers fit together. I think it was like 10, 10 weeks, 10 to 15 minutes a day of language learning, you can get within a year's worth 
of Spanish language instruction, what you would get at like a college or university. So go through like Spanish 101 and Spanish 102. In those 10 weeks with Babbel, you could achieve the same language proficiency or the same language level. Hmm. And so I took I took the Spanish test. Um, I took all these tests. Uh, one was a speaking, one was a grammar. And I tested in, which I was not surprised, at novice low, which is basically like almost like a true beginner, right? Like I, I, I had a couple phrases up my sleeve, but for the most part, I couldn't understand that much. I couldn't really say that much, right? And then 10 weeks later, I did babble 10, 15 minutes every day. And a, a big caveat of their program is called spaced repetition, which means you keep seeing the same words over a certain period of time. And, and you know, it's just like the term spaced repetition. So, you know, on Monday, you see these words, Tuesday, you see these words, Wednesday, and that's how right. you There's learn more language. structure to it. Right. And I went from novice low to novice high. Nice. Which is like, you know, two steps up in the, in, on the actful scale, which is the American council for teaching foreign languages. We're getting a little sciencey here, but anyway, so, um, I- yeah. And, and I I remember there's a podcast I listened to, Keith and the Girl, and Keith was trying to learn um, uh, Spanish using Duolingo. And uh, Hemda, who's the girl, she uh, speaks a little Spanish. And so like he would he would come to an episode and be like, I'm oh, you know 20% fluid in Spanish. <clears throat> and she would just ask him a basic question, and he'd just uh-huh. freeze. <laughs> right. Right. So did you and find like, any no? funny uh, Duolingo I did, yeah. sentences? I don't know the language of all of these, but I'll, I'll just read some of them. So Jaeg ad Osten is some language for I am the cheese. Okay. Um, this, uh, <laughs> oh, here's a German one. I'll read it to you. Sie sind die heilige Kartoffelwaschen. <laughs> you're, the, you're the holy kart, uh, uh, potato uh, waschen. Yeah, they like, are the... Like wash? They are washing the holy potato. Oh, it's the verb. Yeah, they're washing the holy... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I didn't put the verbs in the right spot. Yeah. Right, right. And see, that's that a big a, problem. That's also not even well... Actually... That's actually not even properly. Season de Heilig Kartoffel waschen is not really how you say they are washing the holy potato. Right. Sie waschen die Heiligen Kartoffel. Yeah, so it's not even set, it's not even in the it's right order. Correct. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I would say, yeah, if you want something free and you want to get some very, very basic knowledge, go with Duolingo. But here's a, I think here's an English that one. Was much better. Let's hear it. We do not sell planes to elephants. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you're learning all these random words, and it's not going to get you anywhere. Whereas with Babbel, I learned a lot of useful things. In Spanish, sadly, I've forgotten most of them because I have not been keeping up with my Babbel. I mm-hmm. should see if my subscription still works. Um, it might still work for a couple more months. I'll have to see. Um, but yeah. So so that's the thing. There's just so many good ways to learn languages nowadays, and Spanish is a very, very practical one. Yeah. Um, so, so now, Jared, uh, I'd like to tell my story, if that's all Please. right with you, yeah. why I started to learn German. Because it's, it's kind of an, I, I think it's an interesting story. Uh, bear I'm with always, me, listeners. I'm always yeah. fascinated, as someone that had to learn uh, a language through like a, sort of an intense immersion, I'm always fascinated, uh, like my girlfriend, she, didn't, she's never, she, she studied abroad in Spain, but she never like, you know, was immersed before then. She's fluent now. I, and I'm always fascinated by anyone that can go through the American schooling system and, yeah. and, and end up fluent in a language. <laughs> well, and here's the crazy thing, Jared. I, I, I became fluent in German before I went to Germany. Um, I became fluent in German about my junior, senior year 
of high school. Okay. Um, three years after, but, but, and let me tell my story now why. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the first time I went to Germany, I was 14 years old. I was in eighth grade with my parents. We went there for, I think, two or three weeks. And we go there. And uh, it's kind of a long story, so I won't get into all of it. But basically, I have, I have some distant relatives. or my, Well, my dad's former in-laws were German. His first wife was German. And so I wanted to get to know, we call them aunt and uncle, even though they're technically by blood or nowadays by marriage not related because it was my father's first marriage. Mm-hmm. But he's still close with them. They're still close with us. Um, and so I wanted to get to know them. And, you know, when I was 14, I was, I was you know, I'd been playing guitar for about four years I was just as big a guitar nerd then as I am now. Maybe, well, now I'm probably a bigger nerd. But anyways, uh, uh, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to talk to my, my uh, uncle, especially because they traveled and they toured all over uh, West Germany in the 60s and 70s playing rock, in a rock band. Oh, that's and cool. That's actually how my aunt and my uncle met. Mm. Uh, was, was, and the funny thing is my, my Aunt Hannah... Uh, Tanta Hannah, uh, they sang a lot of cover songs in English, but she doesn't speak like a word of English, really. Uh, she, she knows how to say how much because she loves to shop and I don't speak English. <laughs> Those are like the two things she can say. And so, and so um, I wanted to talk to them about the 60s and 70s and what the music scene was like in Germany and all these questions, right? Mm-hmm. But my dad was so busy catching up with them because, you know, he hadn't seen them in quite a while that he didn't have time to translate. And as a 14-year-old, I didn't understand, one, how difficult it was to translate a real-time conversation. Like, that on its own is a very distinct, specialized skill. Right, um, yep. Right? Any interpreter out there, their brains work on such a high level, it's crazy to be able to Remember, do that stuff real-time. When we were in Berlin, and we uh, we were we did P- Piano Man in, like, three different, la- or four different languages. That was There great. was, like, Dutch, oh, my, maybe five, Dutch, Spanish, French, German and English. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was fun. That was that, fun. That was good. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And so, so that I got really, to be honest, man, I felt really isolated and I felt really frustrated mm-hmm. because I couldn't get to know, you know, these really awesome people. Um, and I wanted to, and uh, I didn't understand what was going on around me. And that was the first time ever in my life where I had, I had experienced that. Yeah. I didn't understand what was going on around me. And then watching my dad just yuck it up with my uncle, having a blast. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, right. So that really motivated me to learn it. And then a few years later, I'm a sophomore in high school. That summer, summer before my sophomore year, um, my German relatives came to visit. So my cousin Vanessa my, and my aunt Hannah, my uncle Dieter stayed in Germany. And uh, they, they came to visit. And, you know, I was speaking German with them the whole time. And this was after two years of high school German. And so there was a lot I didn't know, a lot I couldn't say. But I, I have to give myself a lot of credit. I'm not trying to brag here, but I really, I, I really tried. I really, really tried really hard. And it was great. Uh, I learned so many random words and phrases while they were there. It was awesome. And then as a, one of the words my cousin taught me, which was, was schnitte. Do you know what schnitte is? Well, schnitt schnitt is like a piece or cutting or Uh something like that. Yep. But I don't know what schnitte specifically would be. Eine schnitte is like like an attractive lady. Oh, oh, like Like a cutie. Oh, look at that piece. (laughs) I I guess, yeah. And so so she taught me that word, and we we always joke because it was kind of funny, right? They would Mm. teach me words, and I'd say them, I'm sure, because of my accent and stuff. They were were laughing. And so it's a joke. 
I told my cousin Vanessa, I said, you, you need to introduce me to a German schnitta, right? You know, mm-hmm. introduce me to that, you know, German cutie. Why not? And she said, well, well, you, you, you already, you already like no one. Um, and I, I had me. like briefly met <laughs> where they're not from the Alabama of Germany, Jared, come on. <laughs> um, but she, she said, you already know one. And I had briefly met this girl named Katarina, who was my first ever serious girlfriend. So we had become like pen pals. Back then, it was with a, like a German Facebook, basically. We talked on there. We talked on Schule ICQ. Schule uh, Yeah, Schule Fauzet. Either that uh, or Studi Fauzet. How'd you, how'd you uh, find her? My, my cousin put us in contact. Oh, okay. With okay. one another. Um, and so, so we started writing and writing. And then I'll never forget, dude, on Halloween, that must have been 2007. Halloween 2007. Um, I, I don't know why, but I, I was in like a bad mood, had a shitty day at school or whatever. My buddy Robert, like I, I look at my phone and I have like eight mixed, missed messages from him. And I'm like, Robert, what's going on? And she's like, are, are you like near your computer? Like your, your cousin keeps like messaging me. I don't know what's going on, but she wants to talk to you. And so I'm like, shit, did one of my family members die? Right. You know, what, what happened? <laughs> and so, so my cousin messages me. She's like, hey, can I call you? And I'm like, I'm like, oh no, like That's somebody never probably good sign. died. <laughs> and she calls me and like, <clears throat> like I'm talking to her and I'm like, something's off, but not like mm-hmm. off like somebody died, but just like something's off. Yeah. And then she's like, I have someone that wants to talk to you. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. And and then she goes, Katarina, and she like calls for her. She comes to the phone and we start talking. And I know this sounds really cliche and really stupid. But we literally talked on the phone until the battery on my cousin's phone died. <laughs> and, we, and then every Saturday, we would talk on the phone for two to three hours. I shit you not, Jared. I would sit in front of my parents' old desktop computer, you know, that was like the size of a television back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I would have DIC.CC up, uh, which is uh, like a German dictionary website. So if I favorites. didn't know a word, I mine too. I would type it up, and you know we would talk, and we became very very close, um, to the point where like you know I really started developing feelings for her, vice versa. I got a job uh, at my local pharmacy back then. I saved up my money that entire year, bought my own plane ticket. Oh wow! St- yeah, went and and stayed with her and her family for uh, I think two or three weeks, and it was amazing. And that and that really really, really helped my German. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember my German teacher telling me after I had come back from Germany, she was like, I've never had a student that's improved this quickly. And a lot of it was because of that. You know, I lived with a German family for a couple weeks. Um, The parents didn't really speak English. Um, You know, the girl I was dating at the time, she was really shy about speaking English. So I had to speak German. And the agreement we initially had was we'd speak, you know, half German, half English. It never turned out that way. <laughs> but I was super excited and stoked to learn German, so I was okay with it. Yeah. Um, but you and know, I and I mean, for for uh, months or however long that was, you you had like a two like a you know two three hour intensive German classes. I mean, obviously you didn't right. look at it that way. Right. And in the moment you didn't realize that 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 you were like having a German class, but you were right. having a legitimate German class every week. Right. And, and that goes back to, you know, I know this is going to sound really stupid, but you have to learn any language you want to learn. You have to make it personal. And what's more personal than falling in love with somebody and using that language to converse with them? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. I had a lot of motivation, a lot of reason. And what was really funny was I had a, an exchange student friend, uh, Felix, and he would always mess with me. You know, I she would write me something and I wouldn't quite know what it would mean. And he would say, oh, yeah, Chad, she she says he ends, ends his message as she wants to break up with you. <laughs> he would always say stuff like that. It was always really funny. And he would and he would tell me, oh, you know, send her this. And I'd be like, Felix, this, I can already tell this is probably something really dirty. I'm not going to send this to her. Um, so, yeah, so so that was – that's kind of my story with German. With Spanish, it's a short story. It was basically my friend in high school spoke Spanish. I would spend – he was, you know – I spent, we spent probably four days a week, either me at his house or uh, him back at my house. Mm -hmm. And so I always felt really guilty. And I had the same feeling here in the Czech Republic. I always felt guilty when I was at his parents' house and they would speak English because I'm like, look, I'm in your home. Speak Spanish. I can learn some. Worst case scenario, I don't understand. And you can repeat it in English. Yeah. I, I've been in that situation a lot when I lived in Germany because I had I had friends from from all over the place and even though you know I had friends from France Germany Greek friends uh, and, and even though I couldn't learn all of their languages I still kind of felt bad like we're we're like e- like even like the parents sometimes like if we're all at the dinner table together like they'd be speaking English together and like they're, yeah you, you, I felt a little bad too you yeah. know even though I couldn't learn six different languages at a time or whatever right. I was like man you guys are doing this for me like even if it's not feeling bad is it gives you like you you really appreciate it you know maybe it's not fully feeling bad it's like wow they're doing this because i'm here right i i feel guilty i feel like i feel like i'm in a way kind of killing the vibe because i'm my presence is forcing them Mm -hmm. to speak english whereas you know if my check was better um it wouldn't be that way but at the same time i don't really think within seven months of being here it's possible to get conversational. I think basic conversational level check, yes, it's totally possible. Yeah. But I think But not even, chatting it up with people. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, just like in any language, there's slang, you know, different regions, they have different pronunciations of things, mm-hmm. completely different words sometimes. And so um, it's, and it's difficult uh, and I feel bad. And obviously the whole reason why I started to learn Czech was because I came here and here in Komutov, you need it. Um, right. There have been a lot of times where I've I've been the first couple months I was here, there were quite a few times where I would try to go do basic things and it would be an adventure because mm-hmm. I didn't have the language skills. And now it's really funny. I was at a restaurant yesterday and uh, you know, my mentor was like, Oh, do do you need me to translate the menu? And I'm like, I'm like, Nope, menus are good. I can do food, <laughs> no problem. Uh, and it's really easy, but mm-hmm. it's because, you know, I'm not a great cook. I don't have a ton of cooking utensils and stuff here. I have two plates, three bowls, and uh, one frying pan and one, uh, um, what's even the term? A pot. I used more than that yesterday on a meal I cooked. Just a, And that was a simple meal I cooked. <laughs> See? So there you go. So so I go out to eat a lot here was my point. And so, right. so that's why. But uh, a future language I want to learn now. Um, I want to continue with German, obviously, continue with Spanish, mm-hmm. obviously, and Czech as well, uh, which do is you always think you're funny. Gonna, do you think you're going to continue Czech after you leave? Yeah, I would like How to so? because why not? Um, yeah, I mean, you podca- got a base. Podcasts. I have okay. tons of Czech podcasts. Um, okay. Because here's the thing. I don't really care so much about reading and writing. I don't think mm-hmm. – I think unless I moved back here and lived here for four or five years – 
I don't think my reading and writing skills would, I mean, I can read it and understand some stuff, but I don't think like, like actual reading legit literature. And, exactly. Yeah. I don't think I will ever be at that level unless I moved here or married a Czech woman or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I think speaking and listening, I think it's good to have because I love it here, man. And I, this is not going to be my last time here. Um, right. I plan sure. on coming back. I'm even planning maybe next summer of coming back here for a couple of weeks. So who knows? Maybe we might have to do a summer Euro trip uh -oh. 2.0 next summer. Who knows? But <laughs> yeah. but anyways, um, so so and I wanted, you, and you don't want to come back in ten months and already and like already be struggling with it because I think it, it, it's it's also possible for for it to like if you if you just leave and never think about it again until you go back. Like you, you'll already see a, a sort of a degradation in your in your language right. skills, and it's like I don't want to lose it that quickly. Like I, I've I've already got a base, I've already started. Right, and the thing is, I think there are certain things that I will probably never forget in Czech, mm -hmm. like certain phrases. Right, yes, yet no, I don't think will ever be forgotten. The amount of times I've round. heard and said that exactly, or another one, another one, one. yeah, because it it was so funny. So today when we were. Um, you know, at, at my at my uh, friend slash colleague's parents' house, the the three year old, uh, I did this too when I was little, uh, was drinking like a coffee, like a little thing, a coffee creamer, right? And she said yesterday, gross, you know, like another one, you know, another little little thing of coffee creamer. Uh -huh. uh, and so, so when I heard that, you know, when I hear that, I associate it with beer. But it was just so funny <laughs> seeing a three year old take with a shot of thing creamer of coffee creamer. Yeah. So so that was funny. But anyway, so I want to keep up with those languages. But now I really want to challenge myself, Jared. So okay. you know what languages you have to challenge yourself with? Uh, I assume it's something that involves a different script. Yes, sir. And not even a script, but characters. So okay. I would like to learn, I think in terms of practicality, I think Chinese or Mandarin will be the mm -hmm. most useful. Yeah. Although I think if I were to rank them, it would probably be Chinese or Mandarin number one, uh, or Chinese slash Mandarin number two, probably Japanese, and then three would be Korean. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I, I think in the next five to 10 years, with uh, the way China is developing, I yeah. think it one, it'll be a useful language to have. Two, uh, I think it's really, it sounds interesting with the tones, right? And you and I are both musical. I think you and I could both pick up on the tones and, and maybe it might sharpen our ears a little. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely requires a different, like it, it, it requires you to use a different skill and muscle in your brain because you're not just fully learning um, a new you're not just it's not like Czech where you're just you know it's difficult but but you're just learning a new language and you're reading stuff that you already recognize but like with the tone you have to almost listen to how people speak you have to listen to people differently and you have to like I mean especially in the beginning it will acquire a much closer style of listening as well and I think that just that just like it'll activate a different part of your language learning brain I would bet oh for sure that would be an interesting one. I, I would, I would, I would, I, I, not that I don't want to learn those languages, but like, I, it's not, it's definitely not a focus for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, I wonder if I have the, the diligence to really sit down and try to learn that language, you know, you know right. what I mean? Right. Oh, for sure. But I think you need that diligence for any language. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to discount, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like Spanish is going to be easy because it's not different characters right. or something like that. Right. 
I mean, each here's the thing. Each language has its own difficulties. And I can tell you as someone who's kind of gotten my feet wet in the Spanish learning experience, the most difficult thing, at least for me in Spanish, was verb tenses. They have tons. Ask ask your girlfriend. Just ask her. Explain to me verb tenses in Spanish. I'm sure she'll okay. sigh and be like, oh, "Really?" I'm gonna see her tonight. I'll bring it up. <laughs> All right, please do, and then message me and let me know what her reaction is because I'm curious. Okay. Because I think they're really complicated. Like in English, we have twelve verb tenses. What do you I'm mean by sure. verb tense? By the way, like like past tense, present tense. Oh, present I continuous. Okay, 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 like okay. I am going. Mm-hmm. Um, things like this, right? Um, so that's difficult in Spanish. Um. And then I also think um, not only the verb tenses, but then uh, uh, for us English speakers, pronunciation can be a little bit difficult, especially the the, the speed, the quickness of, of Spanish. It's a very fast yes. spoken language. Um, but yeah, but Jared, I want to wrap up our main segment with a, with a couple couple things. Um, basically, try to encapsulate what we've talked about. So number one. Obviously, learn a language that's near and dear to your heart, and you can relate mm-hmm. it to your actual life, right? Mm-hmm. If you're into cars, maybe German would be a good choice, or maybe Japanese as well. I mean, there's a big market with Japanese cars as well. Yeah, um, JDM, right? Exactly. Um, so make it personal, and 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 you know, find something that you truly love and enjoy, like you so so well said, Jared. You know, movies, music, comics, anything, podcasts, podcasts, absolutely. Um, especially untranslatable podcasts for for one. Um, the other thing too, the good is, thing I like about podcasts too is it gives you like people people having normal conversations is what I really enjoy about it. Where right. they're not trying, they're not teaching you something, or it's not even like a movie where you're following a plot. It's just a normal conversation. I love right. that. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. The other thing too is find people you can practice the language with and get excited about learning it, right? You don't want to talk to somebody that's so advanced and isn't good at coming kind of down to your level to meet your needs and your vocabulary where you always feel frustrated and you feel stupid. Yeah. Because you're if I think if anybody is trying to learn a language, you should never feel stupid. Mm-hmm. You sh- you know, it's normal to feel frustrated sometimes. But you should not feel stupid because you're doing something to better yourself, to expand your mind, to learn about a new culture. And I think that's really uh, commendable. It's kind of like making fun of the heavy person in the gym. Right. Where it's like, well, why do you think they're there? (laughs) Exactly. 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 So make it personal. Find a good language partner. Um, Not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I'm an okay German partner for Jared. Um, oh, I, yeah. I try my We've best. We've talked about this plenty of times. I don't need right. to. I don't need to wet your whistle anymore. You're great. Right. <laughs> right. So number that's number one. Uh, make it personal. Number two, find a good language partner. And number three, um, even if you really develop a good proficiency or level, keep maintaining that language. Whether it's writing to your friends. Once it, I mean, this goes back to number one. Really, kind of rinse, uh, rinse, recycle, and repeat. You know. Um, <laughs> Where, you know, watch watch some of your favorite movies. Uh, maybe you've seen them in English. Okay, watch them in a foreign language. Buy Harry Potter in German or Spanish or Chinese or, or who knows what. You know, there's, there's so many cool ways and fun ways to continue your language learning journey. My sister, um, she was a big uh, Harry Potter nerd like everyone in her age group, in our age group. And she... Um, not only had all the books, obviously, but she also had all the books in French. In French. I remember you telling and me that. she had the book on tape in French as well. Mm. So she would not only read it in French, That's but she'd smart. also listen to it in French. 
That's smart. And maybe even if you have the time, listen to it while reading along, depending of your language level. Now, if yeah, you that's a good idea. just want to polish your listening skills, then don't do that. But if you're trying to kind of make those connections in your mm-hmm. mind, listening while, while reading would be great. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the, the beauty of all the different types of media we have, you can always pause, rewind, mm-hmm. repeat, all this. And that's why I love music. You find a good song. You know, when I was in high school learning German, that was another big reason why my German got so good so fast, was I was listening to only German on the school bus to school and home from school. And I would listen to the same album on repeat, like all the time. I actually had the album memorized, even though I didn't know what all the meanings were and what all the words were. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. And speaking yeah. of that, it's time to move on to our song of the pod, mm-hmm. which is a very special one this week. And uh, it's called Am Strand, which means on the beach, by Farin Urlaub, who is the singer and guitar player from the band Die Erzte, who we've actually featured as a song of the pod quite a while ago. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is also great, not only for, I, I assume you listened to Fahri and Urlaub when you were all learning German mm-hmm. a lot, because uh, uh, you did listen to Dietzda. But uh, this is not only fitting for that topic, but it's also fitting as we move into the hotter seasons. And that's why I, I chose um, it. Good job, Jared. You knew. <laughs> I hate summer in Philadelphia, by the way. <laughs> why is that? Because it gets deceivingly hot here like it's mm-hmm. an average summer day is high 80s and 90s and it's aggressively humid aggressively humid like it's so humid here i remember the first summer i was here i was like you know i was confused because i was like why is this reminding me of louisiana i was like this should not be right. reminding me of louisiana it's terrible but uh i do like i do like those um sort of like Songs of the summer is the word I would use for it, where it's like those sort of songs that remind you that like, uh, you know, the seasons are changing and it's like might not even be your favorite song, but it's your favorite song to listen to when when it's summer outside or when you're outside on the beach or something like that. Like right. a song called On the Beach. <laughs> right. So let's let's describe it for our listeners since we unfortunately can't play the music mm-hmm. on our episodes due to copyright. Um, so basically, yeah, it has a very I would say it has a very Beach Boys feel to it. Yeah. Like yeah. it has background vocals that are that are, you know, kind of Beach Boys esque. There's like a tambourine as well. Um and it's yeah, it's a fantastic song. The funny thing is though here, what we can do is look at some of the lyrics. Yeah. So I already so have let some me, of them up. I have them up. I can just read them to you and you can translate them, Mr. German speaker. All right, go for it. Let's hear it. Ich sah dich vor Ur Sorry. Vorübergehen. Und before ich etwas sagen konnte. So I'll translate that. So, like I saw you going by, and before I could say something, wurdest du vor meinem Augen von Lastwagen überfahren. Das hat bestimmt sehr wehgetan. Okay, ich so let me let me translate that before we get too ahead, too far mm-hmm. ahead. So, so once again, so I saw you going by, and before I could say something. You were run over by a truck right in front of my eyes. Um, that definitely had to hurt. <laughs> then he says, Ich schick dir einen Blumenstrauß, du liegst im Krankenhaus, which sounds great. It rhymes, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm I sending think- you a bouquet of flowers, and you are, you're, in the, you're laying in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And the whole song is kind of ironic. He's ba- basically, this song was like a flex before flexing was a thing. <laughs> 
Like as I was listening to this earlier today, I thought about that. Like he's basically bragging about how he's. He says, ich, "Now I'm going to make you translate, Jared." He says, "Ich lieg am Strand mit einem eiskalten Getränk in meiner Hand." So I'm lying on the beach with the old with the cold drink in my hand. Uh, ich habe eine Sonnenbrille auf, weil ich sie brauche. Uh, I have sunglasses on because I need them. Die Sonne scheint mir auf den Bauch. The sun shines on my stomach. So geht's doch auch. It's like kind of that's how life goes, I guess, is, right. is how you would say that. Right. And then this is also really funny too. So, uh, ich sah dich zur Arbeit gehen. 30 Jahre warst du deiner Firma treu. Jetzt haben sie dir gekündigt. Fristlos nach all dieser Zeit. Uh, so, I saw you going to work. You were, uh, for 30 years, you were loyal to them. Mm -hmm. uh, jetzt, now you have, uh, now you're a Let's see. Now you have the customer? No, 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 no. Kündigen is to be laid off. Now they've laid oh, you oh. off. Oh, I should really learn that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. So now they've laid you laid off. You, yeah. Uh -huh. Fristlos. Uh, I don't know what frist, frist is. Fristlos, like like without warning, basically. Like oh, okay, without okay. warning after all this time. Mm -hmm. And then I love this whole song is just, it's irony. It's irony yeah. upon irony. Then Zofia Tema. So viel zum Thema Dankbarkeit. So so much for the theme of like thankfulness Thank or being uh -huh. thankful. Then you immediately now I'm just going to translate this because otherwise we'll be here all night. So then you <laughs> then you immediately had a heart attack and now you're in a coffin. So they died. And right? back to and the chorus. And then he says, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm on the beach with a with an ice cold drink in my hand. But yeah, so so this whole song is kind of ironic. He's flexing on him, but it is a great song if you want to get in that springtime, summertime mood, laying on the beach with an ice cold drink in your hand. And it's a good way to learn some German. If you don't know what the the if you don't know what the phrase Ich lieg am Strand after the song is done, we have failed you at the Untranslatable <laughs> podcast as well as Farin Urlaub. I, yeah, and I love this too because it also kind of speaks to like how um, how we all get excited for the changing of the seasons. Like, Ooh, it's summer out. That means we all get to go outside and dress sexier. But it's like for certain people, life still just goes on. Like yep. like like the, just because seasons changing doesn't mean your life is improving or getting better just because it's nicer outside. Right. And so it's it's a it's, I think it's also kind of a nice little story. I mean, nice story. It's a funny, but it's like a interesting story to it as well. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. It's a good song. Check it out on our Twitter, Untranslatable1, mm -hmm. uh, or on our YouTube, Untranslatable Podcast, Farin Urlaub am Strand. It's a great summertime vibe song, or laid back vibes, if that's what you're into as well. Mm -hmm. So, Jared, next up is time for our Czech word of the pod. And I have kind of a, a loosely related word this week, which is Slovnik. Slovnik. Uh, is it learning? Education? Nope. It's something, it's a tool you might use to learn a foreign language. Conversation? A written tool. Oh, like book? A book, a type of book. A novel? Nope. Uh, uh, like, a like a textbook? Nope. All right, what is it? Give it to a me. A book of words, Jared. What is a book of oh, words? Oh, a dictionary. A dictionary. Slovnik. S Slovnik. I think the Czechs use the same word as Germans do for novel, I think. Hmm. I think they use roman. I'm okay. going to double check on that. Well, roman's not really a German word, is it? They use roman as well in okay. Czech. That makes sense. I don't think is it French? roman is... 
That would be my Latin? guess. What is it? Actually, maybe that would be my guess. <laughs> okay. But I, I don't think it's specifically like a, a German word. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, clearly it's, it's not. They, they use it in German, but also in Czech. But yeah, so Slovnik is my Czech word of the pod today. Dictionary. dictionary. Which can also be a useful tool. Nowadays, we're fortunate where there are tons and tons of apps and websites mm-hmm. you can use and find things at the drop of a hat, which is great. For sure, for sure. So anyways, now it's time for our quote of the pod. And I think the biggest thing when wanting to learn a language or starting your journey is realize, number one, be patient, and number two, embrace the lifelong learning process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you're going to be doing this, you also, if you're going to be learning a language, at least ideally you want to, and uh, that that's something that should, should stay around for forever like it's it's a it's an ongoing process even even once you for example who could be considered fluent it's still an ongoing process there's still exactly more to learn i still stump you every now and again with words you stump me a <laughs> lot actually because jared thinks i'm a walking slovnik or a walking german dictionary so there you go and the, the other thing too is that no matter how excited you are about learning a language and i don't mean to uh you know, be a party pooper here, as we say. But if your heart's not really in it, don't waste the time. Find yeah. a language that's going to be useful that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, it should be fun. It, yes, there will be some difficult times. Yes, you will get frustrated. That's all part of the process. Embrace it, accept it. But if your heart's not really in it, don't do it. Yeah. I mean, piano frustrates me all the time, but I, I still practice, you know, all the time as well. I still want to do it, even though exactly. I get angry that I can't get stuff. Right. You're getting there though. Jam yeah. track number four is proof. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I haven't even I haven't even worked on a new jam, jam track since then. I've, I've because when I do that, then I don't focus on my actual like uh, stuff for my my piano lesson. <laughs> right. Well, I'm gonna send you some new chords soon so I can distract okay. you a little bit. All um, right. But anyways, uh, it's now time, unfortunately, to say goodbye to all of you today. Uh, but we hope that you have enjoyed our stories about languages we've learned and languages we want to learn. And we hope you've also picked up on a couple useful tips and tricks of learning your own foreign language. And we cannot emphasize enough how amazing and exciting of a journey it can be. It can be incredibly helpful. And uh, we're also here to help. So if you have questions, comments, or concerns about learning a new language, uh, you can contact us at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Also check out our photos on Instagram, untranslatablepodcast.com. We have our videos up on YouTube and also an epic playlist of our songs of the pod from international and American artists that you will definitely enjoy. You can find us at Untranslatable Podcast as well. We have a website. Take a quick look. It's fantastic. You can actually find some of our written untranslatable phrases. And lastly, please do not forget, give us a five-star rating on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love to hear from you. And give us some feedback on how we can make the podcast better. You know, we can always improve. And there's always room for improvement. So we would love to hear your comments. So we thank all of you, our international listeners from around the world. We really, really appreciate it. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Tell us your stories. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Yekuyeme. Yeah,